0: It is a real honor to be with you. I, I travel around quite a lot, and I have so treasured being with you, because you are one of the churches who really embody loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving neighbor as yourself really well. And it has been a real honor to spend time with you. So um, it's very humbling to be here, and thank you uh, for letting me come. Uh, my name is Rachel Turner. That is an American accent you are hearing. Just, to clear up any Canadian issues. (laughs) Um, just Want to be clear, straight off the bat. Uh, I've been in the country 11 years. I have a British husband and a kid whose accent is still defining itself, so we'll see. Uh, I uh, have been asked to speak to you about prayer, and uh, sort of. Uh, For me, I am a lazy kids worker, and the word prayer, for a lot of us, comes with a lot of baggage. Um, Some of us have come from different traditions, and um, the word prayer instantly forms something in your mind. For some of us, it's brilliant. For some of us, it's stressful. For some of us, it's difficult. And the word prayer um, becomes laden with almost every issue that we've ever had about God sort of gets shoved into this thing called prayer. And I just wanted to begin to talk about that because for those of us who are comfortable in in wonderful worship and meeting with God and words of knowledge and tongue, sometimes we can forget about the baseline experience of prayer, just the nitty-gritty daily reality of life with God. And I just wanted to share a bit about my journey, and maybe um, well, I think we're going to try some stuff today, because, hey, we're here, Why not? Um, the first time I don't know about you, I'd love to hear your stories. The first time I ever experienced God's voice in in a way that I could say, that was God, and God God communicated with me. I was 13 and was taken away to camp. Americans are all about camp. And uh, we went to camp, and uh, I went, and I was so excited. I went with my friend, and it was going to be awesome, And, uh, and it wasn't so awesome. This was my chance to, like, bond with friends. I was expecting it to be this deep and emotional experience. Um, What ended up was a deep and emotional experience for everybody else. And for me, it was the loneliest time I think I've ever had in my life. And I watched all of my friends go off. And as a 13-year-old girl, that's very emotional. And I just have never experienced the loneliness of that before. It was so lonely. That sort of constant rejection type thing where you're just constantly shown that you're not needed or wanted. And I had been baptized in the Spirit when I was eight. I had I'd sort of been living in the Spirit for a while. But I was, I was just aware of Him as a real person and did prayer, but I, I wouldn't say it really bedded down. And, and I was so lonely and I was so just lost that I went in a sort of strop to go find the rock that overlooks the valley so that I could really be angry in a beautiful place. And I sat on this rock and um, I was so angry that I was just like, God, I hurt. And clear as day, I wasn't a voice. It was like this, I knew that I knew that I knew. I just felt the words, tell me about it. And I thought, that's weird. Of all the things that I would have expected God to respond, tell me about it wasn't what I thought. And I just sat and poured myself out for about a half hour. <laughs> and amazingly he began to talk back and we had a conversation like an actual conversation and from that day on my life radically changed because it was the day that God as a real person who existed and that I could feel his presence turned into a daily intimate relationship with him and for some of us we haven't found a way to take the knowledge and the experience we have of God and turn it into the daily walk that is life-giving and crucial to who we are every day. And I wanted to give you the tools today to make that happen for you. Because often we hear everybody else having these fantastic times with God and we're like, "Wow, I so want that, but I don't know how to get there." And today is going to be a really practical time where we're going to talk about it and try it and just Hopefully, to give you some next steps to go deeper into what God is already doing in you, is that something you're up for today? Okay. If it's not, I'm really big into interrupt me and get out of me what you need. So if you're like, if you have a question, you just, you just go for it. Um, The most common promise in Scripture. Do you know what the most common promise in Scripture is? Have a guess. What would you reckon? You have to guess loud. I will never leave you. Gold star. I will never leave you. Well, sort of. It is I will be with you. Same thing, different wording. Um, I will be with you. That's the most common promise in Scripture. It's not I love you. It's not let's hold hands and skip. It's I will be with you. A real promise of his presence. And that becomes something that when he is present, always, always, That means there's a relationship that's available because of his presence. God's voice in scripture we see over and over again. It connects us to his heart. It guides us. It brings us into all truth. It brings healing. It brings power. His voice is more than just finding out from him what we need. His voice is access to all of him. I had a girl who's, um, she was seven, and her dad had died of cancer two weeks before I, I got her. And she came get some prayer ministry just the games were happening at the front she sort of wandered back to this place where we have selective prayer she came back and uh, she wanted to meet with God and so we just basically put our hands on her and said God she's hurting right now please speak to her and over the next 10 minutes she said really vividly she said that she showed God a picture of her heart and she said she could see her heart in her head and her heart was just bleeding and, and crying. She had a heart that was crying. And uh, she handed it to God and she and God sat for the next 15 minutes and um, she said she watched God um, hug the heart and wipe up all the tears and sew it back together and give it back to her. And after 15 minutes, she was able to talk without sobbing about her dad. She was able to move on. She was, not move on, but she was able to function (laughs) because she met with God about the pain and God's voice did a measure of healing her which allowed her to talk about it which allowed her to connect with her mother again God's voice and connection with him healed something in her heart God's voice is more than just getting answers to our questions God's voice is access to his healing power in the deepest parts of us and a lot of us well all of us need that I, we don't have a lot of time, and so what I would like to do is give you two tools, but what, if, if you'd be up for this, I'd really like to give us time to do it here because so often we, we hear a fantastic sermon and then it's like desperately trying to carve out time to process it. And so what I'd like to do is I'm going to give you two tools and then we're going to give us some time to practice it and then come back together and, and experience that again. Is, is that all right? There are two ways that I began to take this and turn it into the sort of daily walk, and that is chat and catch. It's my lazy way of describing prayer, because once I said prayer, then I, was, then I had all my questions of why doesn't he answer prayer, or does he answer prayer, and all of the, he says yes, no, and maybe, and all of those things that came with the prayer. You know, we need to say thank you, sorry, please. We need to start with your God. We need to end with amen. My brain has a lot of stuff about prayer in my head, but uh, I have nothing in my head about chat and catch, so I just stepped sideways and came up with something different. Um, And so for me, chat and catch is just a way of sidestepping all of my stuff in my head and just doing the two things that we saw Jesus do. Chat is chat. It's pretty simple. Um, When Jesus came on earth, when Jesus came on earth, he was God with us. And for me, that showed us how we can engage with God. He came, and the disciples got to do daily life with, with Jesus. They got to do daily life with the reality of God with them. And I don't think that they came down in the morning, and Jesus with his scruffly hair and crusties in his eyes, and I don't think they came down in the morning and said, Dear Jesus, please pass the bananas. Amen. And then walked away. <laughs> I think they came down in the morning and talked about their dreams and sat down and chatted about breakfast and decided what they were going to do today. The disciples got to do life with God. With them. It was awesome. I bet they, I mean, like, you think about those long road trips they had, the long walking back and forth. Like, I bet they played I Spy. Like, there's got to be a daily life with God that Jesus embodied for us that we somehow miss out and chat is is what Moses had in Exodus 33:11 If you um, it's just a really quick one I can just read it to you it said the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend In a different translation it says as one speaks to a neighbor Moses before Jesus came had the relationship with God that he spoke with him back and forth face to face as a friend And Jesus came and showed us what that looks like. But too often we place boundaries on what we're allowed to talk to God about. So we pray with our kids and we say, what do you want to pray about today? And they go, I don't know. And we're kind of stumped. We have to think up stuff to tell Jesus and tell God about because we just don't know what we're allowed to talk about. Chatting is everything that is in your heart talking to the fullness of God. Anything, how you feel about the color of your underwear, how frustrated you are you can't find a parking spot, how devastated that you are that your spouse did not smile at you today, whatever, the range of human emotion expressed fully to the God who loves us completely is chat. And we've got to get out of what are we going to pray about today and the things that are helpful to pray about and just do life with God. I don't, with my husband, wait for him to come home and he walks in the door And I say, thank you for everything you've done today. Please do the dishes. I'm sorry for rolling my eyes at you behind your back. You didn't notice, but I did. And then walk away. I don't. I say, how was your day? Let me tell you about my day. Thank you, sorry, please is part of my relationship with my husband. It's not the center of my relationship with my husband. And thank you, sorry, please, are an important part of our relationship with God, but it's not the center of our relationship with God. Whole heart to whole heart is the part of our relationship with God that Jesus bought for us on the cross. When he died and rose again, the veil was torn, and we're allowed to have this face-to-face with every moment of our lives. We've got to start ring-fencing and deciding what we are and aren't allowed to talk to God about. Does that make sense? Cool. So let's do it, shall we? I am going to suggest some things to chat to God about right now. Then you do it, and then nod at me when you're done. I'm going to give you a little bit of suggestions, and then, yes, and then we'll move on to catch. And then at the end of this, we're going to give us, oh, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to give you 10 minutes to just sit and have a conversation with God, with nothing else but you and God in the room. Okay. So let's do chat. We're just going to do chat just to give you a a, a sample of it. Some of you are really comfy in this. Some of you aren't really comfy in this. Let's just have a go. So if you want to be really bold, don't close your eyes and don't bow your heads, but do what you want. So, because it's a bit awkward when you're chatting to God in the car and you close your eyes. It's a warning. It's a health warning. Safety first. Uh, You know what I used to do? This is When I got chat, chat was really cool. And uh, I really love chat because chat's just, it's so ordinary and every day. I can do ordinary and every day. And when I was a teenager, I used to buckle Jesus (laughs) into the seat next to me when I was driving, click, uh, to remind me that he was there. And then I would just talk out loud to him. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, it was so exciting. And did you see what she was wearing today? That probably isn't really good that I said, never mind. And I would just just chat out loud to him. Um, Even now, I take God out to dinner and a movie. Um, and so I'll take God out, and I, I won't buy him food or anything. Um, sometimes he wants a pudding, and I help him with that. But um, I, <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, hey, you know, you just move in obedience, don't you? Uh, and I'll just take him out to dinner, movie, and I'll just—I won't talk out loud, but I'll just. I'll just talk in my head and just enjoy his presence and then we'll go see a movie and then I'll chat to him through the movie because no one shushes you because it's in your head. And I just, I just discipline myself to enjoy his presence and talk to him about everything that's in my heart and I can watch a movie with him and chat to him and I can drive and chat to him and I can do my makeup and chat to him and I can just chat and chat and chat and chat. And um, yeah, it's a real freeing thing. So here, the first one, I want you to... Tell God, and if you want to show him a picture in your head, if you close your eyes, and you can picture your house. And that place in your head, you can show him pictures. So you can either chat to him or, or tell, show him pictures. But uh, show him or tell him the best place you ever slept. Nod at me when you're done. Some of you had very detailed experiences, evidently. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I want you to uh, chat to God. Just tell him one thing you wish was different about your family. I want you to tell God what you love about your church. I want you to tell God or show God a picture of one person that makes you smile. And then I want you to tell God one person that makes your heart sink when you see them, that just makes you feel sick inside. That could be out of fear or worry, whatever. I want you to tell God one place you would love to retire to if all of the practical issues are removed. I want you to tell God what would you rather have, super sleep with the ability of one hour to count as three or the ability to transport anywhere you want instantly?
1: <laughs>
0: it's a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> Not for all parents under five. They're all super sleep. And I want you to tell God one thing you long for more of in your relationship with him. You could be seeing more healings. It could be whatever you want. What is wonderful about this is that you can do anything. You can do anything. It's so everyday and ordinary, but it's so intimate. And what I've loved about it is is I'm not used to seeing people smile when they pray. (laughs) And you laughed, you smiled, you enjoyed it. It was peaceful. And so often we, we focus so much in prayer because it's so important. And when we can bring the joy back into our relationship with him... We have access to deeper levels of emotion. We have access to deeper levels of intimacy because we're just sharing us, the imperfect bits of us that he is constantly transforming into more and more holiness. Catch is the reverse of, well, not the reverse of that. It's the other side of the coin of that, which is just as we chat to God with the openness and love for him, he chats back. And our bodies have been designed to catch all that he has for us. God did, made us for relationship with him. He made us to be in relationship with him. He didn't make us and then go, and now my children who I love desperately and want to live forever with, I'm going to make it super hard for you to understand me. He designed us for relationship with him. And therefore, our whole bodies can receive what he's communicating. What I think is really important is to look at the promises of God around this. Because for this can be quite an um, emotive subject for a lot of us. And um, uh, for a lot of us, we, we keep saying he, he doesn't. it's not that he, do, he doesn't speak to us or he doesn't have anything to say. And we sort of get wrapped up in whether or not God wants to talk to us. And that sort of is wiped away in Scripture, really. Um, scripture is full of promises of God. Um, Job, <laughs> Job 33... Uh, Oh, where'd it go? Job 3, 33, 14, I think it is, says, um, God is constantly speaking first one way and another, like this chatterbox, first one way, then another. He's talking lots of different ways. He's constantly speaking. Uh, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. That's a promise. He doesn't say call to me and maybe I'll answer you if I'm feeling like it and if you're focusing really well. He says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you don't know. Um, we teach our kids. I have a thing that I do around the country called Kids Leadership Academy. And I train kids on how to preach and lead worship and do prayer ministry and stuff. And one of our girls got up to, to preach a sermon. She chose this to preach a sermon on. And she, uh, <laughs> she said, God is better than Google. And I was like, that is genius. Oh, my gosh. It was brilliant. Yeah, I know. That's, that's like the, the sermon that has stuck with me for the last year. God is better than Google. Um, <laughs> but then she was also like, you should use God like Google. And I was like, you know what? That's a really interesting idea. So I've been asking God things that I don't know uh, and I can't find on Google. It's been an interesting journey. Anyways. Um, the promise that I cling to most in this is that he will speak and he is constantly speaking. His voice is already here. He is already speaking to you. When uh, Samuel was a tiny child, we all know the story of Samuel and, and Eli... And uh, Samuel was a tiny child and God spoke to him and said, Samuel, Samuel, and he leaped up and ran to Eli and said, what is it? And Eli said, I'm not doing anything. Go back to sleep. So Samuel went back and God spoke again, Samuel, Samuel, and he got up and ran to Eli. Gosh, children are so obedient to get out of bed in the middle of the night, aren't they? And um, (laughs) Eli was like, Dude, it's not me. Go back to sleep. So Samuel goes back. Uh, Samuel, Samuel gets up, goes to Eli, and Eli rips him off the floor, goes, Stop getting out of bed, and shoves him back. He didn't do that bit. What Eli did, which is not what I would do, is um, he, on the third time the child gets out the bed, goes, Maybe God is speaking. <laughs> Amazing. And tells Samuel, I think that's God. And when God speaks again, you say, here I am, Lord, your servant is listening. What's so interesting in Scripture, it said that Samuel did not know the word of the Lord. But God was speaking to Samuel even before Samuel was in relationship with him. God is faithful to be speaking to you. He is constantly speaking. He is there when you call to him. God is there. So really, it's just about us putting us in a position to catch his voice. So catch is the next bit of what I want to tell you. In John 10, 3 to 5, uh, Jesus is talking about the shepherd and the sheep, and I'm just going to read it to you. The shepherd walks right up to the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate to him, and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he gets them all out, he leads them, and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. And what I really cling to in this, and have spent a lot of time sort of meditating on, is that that often, well, at least in the past, I've always l- listened to this and went, "Ah, I should be able to hear his voice. But what I forgot to focus on is the fact that it's a recognition of his voice. If I called you up at your house and said, hi, it's me, you would have no idea who I am. More than likely because you're polite, you'd go for the, hey, you, how's it been? And try to get me talking so that you could eventually get to the point where you'd recognize it or trick me into saying my name. But if your mother calls you, you can tell by her breathing on the phone before she does anything, you know? You know that moment where it's like, you know, you just sense, you just sense. The mother is calling, you can tell. How many of you can do the phone ringing and you're like, that's her? Like... I Maybe mean, it's just me. I can tell it's my mom before I pick up the phone. Like, there's a, it's the time. There's something, some, some, oobie-jubie, that happens. Um, there's a recognition of a voice that you are used to. And the promise is not just that we will hear his voice once in a while. The promise is that we will recognize his voice. And that takes frequency. That takes us getting used to the sound of God's voice in our lives and where he speaks and how he speaks and how our bodies react to him. It's a process of recognition, not a one-off success. And as we talk about the next thing, I want you to keep reminding yourself that this is a process of a lifelong journey of recognizing his voice more and more. I'll bet you this man recognizes God's voice much more than I do because he's walked it for longer than I have. And we're all on that journey together. And that's the fun of it. So... Uh, there are many ways that our bodies can recognize God's voice. Um, in uh, Scripture, we can see that your skin can recognize God's voice. I say the word voice, it's a really difficult word. Basically, I mean God's communication to you, but that's just too long, so I say voice. But basically, we mean the essence of God communicating to who we are. So your skin can catch God's voice. Um, in uh, Solomon, uh, Solomon made this temple and as he was asking God to move in, God moved in so powerfully and the, the, the priests could feel God in the room with their, their bodies so much that they had to lay on the floor and they just had to stop. They couldn't move anymore because God was so present and their skin could catch his presence. And so your skin can react to God being in the room, to God's presence. He may touch you and you will tangibly feel God's presence. I've had kids feel a hand on their back. They knew that it, well, I had to tell them it was God. They kept feeling an invisible hand touch their back and thought someone was poking them. And uh, eventually, I I had to tell this kid, there's no one touching you. And they said he felt a big hand patting him on the back. This was an unchurched child uh, with no father. And he just started weeping um, when he realized that God himself was touching his back. Um, There are times where God's touch is so important to us. And that is one way that he communicates. It's not the, all the time, it is not the best, it is one of many. Um, your mind, if you, if you close your eyes and you can see in your head a picture of your house, that place, God drops words, God, God can drop pictures or movies. In uh, that place in your mind where you were chatting to him a moment ago, he drops words. I've had a, he also drops scripture verses. I've had, um, I've had kids write down Philadelphians 4.12 um, because God gave them a verse and they didn't quite know what it was and eventually we had to tell them it was Philippians 4.12 um, but he'll, he'll direct you to scripture in your mind um, he speaks to you through scripture as you read it you just all of a sudden sense a difference of his presence on a, on a verse um, sometimes people see things with their eyes and ears I personally have only seen something with my eyeballs once Um, but I know many people, my mother once heard, uh, you know, an audible voice of God. Um, I think I have to get over the fact that I'm convinced that God would sound like Patrick Stewart. Um, So I had to get over that. So my ears, I don't think I'm going to hear with my ears, but I've seen stuff with my eyes. Some people see stuff with their eyes all the time. Some people see see things with their ears, just like a lot of the prophets, you know, would see things before them in a vision, Um, and Paul would see things. God speaks through dreams. Um, Sometimes, not all dreams are from God, but sometimes, I mean, Scripture is full of God speaking in dreams. Like, it was like a big feature of God's communication was through dreams. Sometimes you will wake up from a dream and just go, man, that was different. That was vivid. That was different. And you write it down and then chat to God about it and see, was that from you or was my mind just, whoa? Um, Because I, yeah, I'll tell you. Um, About two years before, two years before, this event happened. I had a dream, a really vivid dream. It was like the first dream I had that I sort of woke up and thought this was, this was God. And I had a dream that, um, that I was sitting in a church building and everyone had these tiny bundles. They were like this big. And everyone had these tiny bundles and everyone was just weeping. It was just weeping and wailing. and It was absolutely silent. And these people were, were coming up and giving these little teeny bundles and putting them on the altar and then walking away and just sobbing. And nobody was helping them. I was just like I was angry. I just sat here and I was so angry that this was happening and all of a sudden I realized I had a bundle in my hands and I just woke up and I was like, right. And it was one of those ones where I didn't feel afraid, I didn't feel angry, I just felt like there was God on it and I wasn't sure what to do with it so I wrote it, I wrote it down and then I threw it away because I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what this is. Two years later I lost my first baby and God reminded me of that dream and I don't think God caused my baby to die. That was, that was living in a broken world. Um, but when, when Scripture says God works all things together for good, I think two years ago, he gave me the dream of how I could turn this for good and how he was going to turn it for good. Um, the following Sunday was Mothering Sunday, and I was scheduled to preach. And so I got up four days after I lost my child and talked about his heart and about miscarriage and what life is like and how I'm processing it with God and and how this is a real loss and i had people up at the front sobbing hysterically 25 years ago they lost two children and never told anyone and our church was completely released in ministering to those with miscarriages and every year on mother's day we do the same thing and our our church was full of people who were coming to be ministered to for this because it was something that had never been talked about in my church and there are people who had lost three children who had never told anybody best friends and it was just it was something in my church that that could be released. And I don't think I would have gotten up and talked about it had he not given me a dream two years ago that made me feel the injustice of someone not talking about it. Do you know what I mean? God didn't cause the loss of my child, but two years before it happened, he knew how he would turn it for good. Dreams are an important part of how he communicates. Um, Sometimes he gives us emotions. If you've ever been in worship and all of a sudden just feel peace Or if you watch something and you just feel that sense of injustice that is coming from God's own heart. There's sometimes he gives us emotions. Um, Psalms are full of God imparting emotions. Um, Sometimes you just know that you know that you know. It's the only thing I can describe is the guts. Sort of like, you know, when Paul, was it Paul? Peter. Gate beautiful. Peter. Peter good job. Wise man in the front. I love it. Um, And so Peter, when he was walking along and and, the guy said, do you have anything? And he said, what I have is, you know, I'll give to you and just heals a man. There's something that in your guts just reacts because God is calling you to do something that sort of in your guts. You can't describe it. I had a four-year-old who was walking along and just stopped. And he said, I think God talked to me. I said, well, well, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, (laughs) tell me, what was it? And uh, he said, he just, he just, he just, I was like, what, 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 what? And he's like, he loves me. And I'm like, fantastic, how do you know? And I was like, did you catch with your brain? Did you catch with your skin? He's like, no, I just, it's in my belly, he loves me. I'm like, awesome, fantastic, that sounds like God. Um, There's lots of other ways that God speaks through other people, the voice of other people, through listening and counseling, through preaching. There are loads of different ways God speaks. But sometimes we get so focused on one that we forget to catch with all of the other parts of us. Sometimes we're so desperate for a picture that we completely don't pay attention to what our bodies are doing. Um, I just wanted to invite some four people up to, um, to share how God connects with them because I'm one person and I just wanna share a little bit. So Debbie, I forgot your names already because I'm a rubbish rememberier. Come on up. And David, fantastic. Do we have a little handy hold or do we have to cuddle oh fantastic okay have
2: a handy
0: hold. it was gonna be really awkward i was gonna be like come close <laughs> um <laughs> i'll do what i need to do so you can hear um yes you want to start you go ahead and start i just i just wanted them to share 30 seconds to a minute of, of how they catch from god and what it looks like for them because it may be different for them than for me
2: great she said how do you hear god oh, no, i don't hear god And then I said, okay, maybe I do a little bit. Um, I think mostly I hear God in the shower. So I'm in the shower and I'm thinking about the day and I'm sort of pondering away. And there's different things come into my mind. Oh, yeah, I should say that to that person. I should call that person. The the sort of those types of things. And then um, the most recent thing, which is really exciting. Yesterday, Rachel said to the children, God... Uh, you know often at night I go to bed and I just have a quick chat with God and he gives me a hug so I'm in bed last night I thought try it so I was lying there pitch black I was having a little chat got to speaking in tongues and then all of a sudden I think I, saw, I, think I thought God I'd really like to feel you on my skin because she talked about that and all of a sudden I felt like glowy gold I was just lying in my bed and I just felt this really warm glowy gold feeling and I thought yeah, you were you're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, steady on now. Mate, on. <laughs> you missed out. This is my party. God, okay. <laughs> so that was my new one. My new experience. <coughs> Thank I think, you, Deb. You know,
1: the same reaction as Deb's. when Rachel said, "When do you hear from God?" It's like oh, I'm not sure. You you want to hear from God, and sometimes you feel under pressure, like oh, I need to hear him now. But I think when I do hear from God, I have to step out and activate something. And so if I get into a conversation, if I'm asking God for something, I think I need to, I, I find I hear from God most, I think, when I get into conversation with people, whether it's Christian friends, non-Christian friends, depends what I'm asking God for. But I think once I then go down a line of talking to people about something, I find God puts something in my head, and then I can say what God's giving to me then. And I think that works for me.
0: Good. Thank you.
3: Um, I guess two sort of things, sort of uh, a bit like we're just hearing now, sort of through other people. My wife tells me a lot of things that are quite good, particularly when I'm talking a load of rubbish. Um, <laughs> so that's quite useful. Um, <laughs> the other the other way, a sort of more outlandish way, I guess, um, particularly times when I've had quite difficult situations to deal with at work, which unfortunately in my line of work happens quite a lot, um, on the radio, a song might come. And so I've heard God through, yeah, sort of, you know, Christian artists, but also Florence and the Machine. And although I'm very ashamed to say Mumford and Sons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Now,
0: when you hear a song, how do you identify that God is highlighting that for you? How do you, how do you make that leap in your head? Do you, do you feel something, or do you just know that you know? Like, how do you all of a sudden go from listening to music to, whoa, that's God?
3: Um, Normally, I don't listen to lyrics and songs, um, which is interesting. I kind of more like tunes and chords and stuff. But suddenly, there'll be sort of like some words that kind of jump out. And that's really relevant to how I'm feeling right now. And that's actually bringing something that I feel like is God's truth. It feels like
1: yeah. what good. God's saying. That's yeah. great. Thanks. Um, I quite often, uh, I, I drive to work every day. And I spend the journey quite often talking to God. And... Um, so just a couple of stories. Uh, I was talking to God one, one day, and um, very spiritual, obviously, <laughs> and um, this white van driver cut me up. <laughs> and uh, so I stopped talking to God, and I told him really exactly what I thought okay. of him, this <laughs> white van driver. And in that moment, God said to me, do you realise I really love that man? It was like, ooh, okay. <laughs>
0: And did you, would you say that that voice dropped in your head or do you feel like, Um, how would you, how would you say? Because I think
1: it probably was a voice that dropped, yeah, it was like a thought that came into my mind and it was a definite, I love that man. Um, And then more recently, um, it's, as I've been driving along, it's like God's kind of just highlighted people. It's like he's taken a highlighter, a marker, and just highlighted people and, and given me something to pray for them. So Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you. Everyone's going to have their own
0: story of, of how it happens. I was going to lead you through a, a really... Sorry. Yes.
2: Um,
0: I was going to lead you through something directed, but I, I'd actually prefer to honor your own relationship with God. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask David or anyone David like, can, can you plinky-plink again? Um, David's my plinky-plink man. And he's going to... Uh, Just provide some sound cover so that we're not totally focused on the sound of stuff. But what I'd like to give you is five minutes of time to chat and catch. Because so often do we just have time to chat and catch with God. You can talk about anything with him. But I would really suggest that you share what's on your heart. You can share, God, I'm totally bored and I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing during this time. You can talk about the rest of your day with him but I would love for you to do it in conversation. Give him some space to respond. Pay attention to what's happening with your skin and your mind and your heart. If you want to take a five-minute nap, I trust that God will give you a dream. (laughs) This is your time to chat and catch. Don't just be in a place of receiving. I don't often wait for my husband to come home and then just go, talk to me. (laughs) Chat to him. Ask him questions, hear his response. This is your time with God to be you and God in a room, face to face, talking like a friend. Five minutes, close your eyes, get comfy, open your eyes, stare at the wall, do whatever you want. This is your time with God and I'll, I'll come back at the end. If you don't know where to start, just talk about your schedule. About um, to go home and cook lunch. Not a fan of what I picked. Really regret the parsnip thing. God's voice comes easier than we think. Often, it's the first thing that pops in your head after what you say. God, bring your peace in this place that our minds would stop swirling. Thank you, God, that we get to do this. You are the God of the universe. (laughs) And yet your whole heart seeks to chat with us face to face.
2: You are an awesome God.
0: How was that? Yeah? Nice? <laughs> it's good. It's good. I would suggest that as, as you, we go today to talk to each other about it because sometimes it's really hard for us to not default to tongues or to, to find those places where we want to keep talking. And that's okay. That's all just habit and things that we've, we've fallen into. And just keep trying. God is... A God whose voice is to be recognized and as we converse with him and as we share our whole heart, he will share his back. My kid was significantly deaf for two years and uh, we had to do sign language and teaching sign language and figuring out what he wants to say and what I want to say and all of that stuff was a delight because my heart was to hear everything that was part of his heart and I didn't get a kid who would just chat away. I had a kid who was trapped and was trying to communicate. And I never just went and walked away because I didn't understand. My heart was to connect with my kid. And God's heart is to connect to you. And he's going to be there, and he is consistent, and he is faithful, and he is going to work with you so that you can recognize him better and better and better. I just wanted to say two things as we end up. Not everything that pops into your head is God. And I just wanted to give you two guidelines that really help you discern and help you find God's voice. The first thing is, does it sound like God? Based on what we know of Scripture, does it sound like Him? If all of a sudden you have in your head, I am worthless, I'm going to say, based on Scripture, that is not God. And that's okay. You just go, nope, in my recognizing God, I recognize that's not Him. I'm going to crumple up and throw it away because nothing that isn't from God gets to stay in my head. And the other thing is it bearing the fruit of God's voice. God is for us. God loves us. God has plans and purposes for us to prosper us. If anything that you, that you experience in, in your chatting with God makes you feel fear or makes you want to run away from him, it's not him, and you just crumple it up and throw it away and keep connecting with him. He's faithful. He is there. And you will learn to recognize it in community with each other and in relationship with him. All right? Can I just pray over you really fast? Father God, I thank you for this group of people. I thank you that they are yours and you are theirs. And God, I just release over them your voice. God, I pray that you would come upon them in strength and in clarity, that as they lay down at night, you will whisper to them and give them hugs and that you would touch them, that you would hold their hands and walk with them into their dreams, that every moment of their conscious or unconscious life would be spent in the presence of you and in communication with you. God, I pray that you would help them unlock the bits of them that they have long hidden, that they may stand fully and openly before you and chat about stupid stuff and TV shows and the depths of fear and despair and the joy and wonderfulness of life, that they may do every moment of life with you. Bless them, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.